Hi, thank you for joining me. My name is John New. This is John 2028 Apologetics. And today's video is going to be about the importance of friends and who you put yourself around. I did a video on this on my YouTube channel. And I try to keep my YouTube videos, you know, around 10, 15 minutes at the longest. Sometimes they go up to about 20, but I definitely try to keep it down. Um, keep people's attention span there. But there's a lot of stuff that I wanted to discuss, but the video would have went on for an hour. So, um, but I would like to discuss some of it here. Um, before I continue, I want to thank you for following me on here. Um, a couple of my podcast um, episodes are, are growing, especially the Jordan Peterson one with uh, Joe Rogan. It's doing. It's almost at 100 listens. That's a big deal to me. I appreciate it. It means a lot to me. Okay, all right, so today though, we're going to go over friends. So Mark 2 is going to be the gospel we're going to look at, Mark 2, okay, and I'm going to read it to you, and this is going to be, let's go ahead and pull up the, uh, I really love the uh, NASB, I got the 1995 NASB, so this is what we'll read. All right, so this is about Jesus, okay. When he had come back to Capernaum several days afterward, it was heard that he was at home, talking about Jesus, and many were gathered together so that there was no longer room, not even near the door, and he was speaking the word to them. And they came bringing him a paralytic man carried by four men. Being unable to get to him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had dug an opening, they let down the pallet on which the paralytic was lying. So they're busting through Jesus' roof. Alright? Like a like I said in my video, like the like best way I can describe it, like a bad 1980s movie, a bank heist, okay? Guys coming through the ceiling. Pretty funny. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. But some of the scribes were sitting there um, and reasoning in their hearts, Why does this man speak this way? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus, aware in his spirit that they were reasoning that way within themselves, said to them, Why are you reasoning about these things in your hearts? Which is easier, to say the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and pick up your pallet and walk? But so that you may know the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said the paralytic, I say to you, get up, pick up your pallet and go home. And he got up and immediately picked up his pallet and went out in sight for everyone. So they were all amazed and glorifying God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. There's so many little cool things to unpack here as you read the scripture. Like so many rabbit holes. It just blows my mind. So here's one article about how houses were. So first of all, this is Jesus' home. Okay. <laughs> and so they're breaking into the Lord's house. So think about that. Figuratively and literally. Right? So just think about where this miracle occurred at the Lord's house. 
You don't think that it's coincidental how that plays on words and how we describe um, our walk with God and how it's the Lord's house and that's where sins are forgiven and that's where miracles happen. Like at a church, like the Lord's house, that's the Lord's house. You see how all this connects? So here's an article about, let's talk about the house, the actual physical house, it, the building structure. Here's one article. It is important to realize in those days that roofs weren't like the ones we have today. You didn't have to rip up tiles and saw through wood in order to make an opening. In first century Palestine, roofs were flat and composed of large stone tiles that were both easy to remove and to replace. And the tiles were sometimes covered with dirt or sod in order to insulate the home and keep the rain out. I've seen stuff like that. You go on YouTube and you watch people build houses and like in the woods and, and the rainforest and stuff. It's pretty cool. Also, on the sides of a home, there was a staircase leading up to the flat roof. The roofs were often used for relaxation in the cool of the day and also for sleeping on really hot Palestinian nights. It was these stairs that the men used to take the paralytic man up in order to get him to see the Lord. Um, that's also why one of the scriptures says that you should put a, a handrail on your roof. Because people would go up there and they might fall off. So just looking out for your fellow man is what it's trying to say. So they carried him up making a hole big enough for the man's pallet to be lowered through and got him to Jesus. Obviously the man couldn't walk at, at all since he was lying on a pallet. He might have been a quadriplegic. That's true. So he was totally helpless to get himself where he needed to go. That's true. And we're going to talk about the uh, the sin, how Jesus talked about healing the healing the uh, the paraplegic and the sin, and why that seemed to be in a big made it made the other people in the air in the room uncomfortable. It wasn't just because Jesus was claiming to be God, which is what he was doing. He was claiming to be God. Because they said only God can forgive sin. Did Jesus say that I'm not God? No, he not only did he rebuke that statement, did he say that's not a correct biblical stance? He ended up forgiving the sin. Didn't tell them that's what he wasn't saying. And then he gave the title of how He's God, which is the Son of Man, which is the eternal Son of the Father. And here's one article. Many in Jewish culture believe that, that all disease and affliction was a direct result of one's sin. Although sometimes that's true, it's not always the case. We see this by looking at another episode of healing when the master is asked regarding a man that is born blind, whether or not his parents had sinned. He had been blind. Jesus made it clear that it neither had sinned. However, it happened. The work of mighty God displayed. That's in John 9. Okay. And then that's when we see the, phallus, uh, the, the, the Pharisees, excuse me, got upset because they believed Jesus was blaspheming. How is he blaspheming? Who can for sin, forgive sins but God? Jesus, being deity, knew what they were thinking and. He told him, hey, like, I can do whatever I want. Why are you so, why are you so caught up if I make a guy walk? Why do you think that's greater than the forgiveness of sin? Because think about it like this. If you 
this paraplegic man is not going to be able to walk one day or he's going to be slow when he walks. Or a blind people that he healed are not going to be able to see again or their eyes are going to dim. The, all the people he raised from the dead is going to die eventually. And so all the miracles that Jesus ever did, people do, it, it falls apart at the end because your body falls apart. But the greatest sin that Jesus ever, or excuse me, the greatest miracle that Jesus ever did was the forgiveness of sin. Because that's eternal, and that's what Jesus is saying here. Like, why are you getting all excited about a guy who's paraplegic that's walking? That's nothing. That's nothing compared to what the forgiveness of sin. The forgiveness of sin is about eternal bodies, eternal life. You being eternal, having an eternal body in front of the Father, Son, and Spirit. And in the presence of God. And then coming to earth to rule. So think about that. That's what makes it so important. And you know that's why it's important to focus on your your afterlife body, your how you're going to how you're going to treat yourself and how you're going to be on earth is important because your body does host the Holy Spirit and that's what I was talking with uh, brother Eli in the last episode about steroids and things. That's not nearly important, though, to your eternal state. But especially what I wanted to highlight here is how important it is to be surrounded by people that love you. Now, we don't know if these guys that brought them there had their own physical ailments. The scripture doesn't tell us. Doesn't tell us if the people or, you know, if they had a bad knee or a bad back or whatever. I mean, they could have, obviously. But this, the power of the faith of, of the friends and the paraplegic is what led to this miracle. Being, let's go back to verse 4. Being unable to get to him because of the crowd, they removed their roof above him. And they had dug an opening. They let down the pallet on which the paraplegic was lying. So they, so they open up Jesus' roof. They remove some tile and some sod, as we just read about. We just went over with about a common house in, um, in, in this time frame of, of, of Israel. And they lowered him down. So he's probably like on a stilt or a pallet. Yeah, that's what it's called. it says, a pallet. And they lowered him down. Okay. And Jesus seeing their faith, seeing their faith. So it was the friends and the paraplegic, the paralytic. Son, your sins are forgiven. So look at it like this. So the power of, look, look how many obstacles that these friends had to overcome. The house was packed. There was people everywhere. You know how much testicular fortitude it takes to bust through someone's roof and believe you're doing it for a just cause it takes a lot of guts it takes a lot of love it takes a lot of devotion for someone who has who loves their friends like that and that's why the scripture speaks over and over about how important it is to have good friends and it also speaks to why you should be careful who your friends are because they can have a dramatic impact on you.
this para, this paralytic's friends love and faith into God and b wanted to do something good for their friends touched Jesus so much that he went past he went past healing him physically and went to hearing uh healing him spiritually he he healed his soul so Jesus forgave his sins right then and there you're going to meet this guy one day his sins are forgiven by the Lord himself in his house in front of others you see you see how deep this scripture can run there's like no end to it there's also a term that people like when they start talking about faith right because of your faith because of their faith excuse me because of their faith well, what kind of faith we got something called like, what about persistent faith? Think about that. How persistent is that? To overcome all those, all those obstacles and didn't care. And you can say it was pretty creative, no doubt. Courageous, no doubt. But here's here's what I'm trying to get at with from Mark two from one to ten or one to twelve. You got I don't want to say the whole gospel, but you have a powerful chunk of the gospel. Powerful chunk. Just in these twelve verses in Mark, you have a miracle being done. Okay, a physical healing miracle. You have a spiritual healing and the forgiveness of sin. You have it happening at the Lord's house. The Lord's house. You have a claim of deity of Christ. They accuse him of blasphemy. And he tells them, why are you thinking like this in their hearts? You have the importance of friends. You have the importance of who you put yourself around. And you have the reason why that's so important is who you, who you put yourself around because it can lead to great things changing your life. And that could be good or bad, right? This just so happened to be a good example. How many people listening to this podcast have been around bad friends? And they cause you to do stupid things. I'm raising my hand right now. But see that, and then you start asking yourself, well, I love my friends. Well, I do too. I got friends that are not a great influence. And have they caused me to do stupid things? Yeah, they have. Is it still something I struggle with today? Yes, it is. So you have to be careful who you put yourself around. But also, though, I'm not saying you don't need to be around people who are, excuse me, it's not okay to be around people like that because you also want to let them see how you glow through Christ. 
right? So you can be a good example, say your friends want you to do X or Y or Z and you don't and they know it's because of your walk and your faith. That's a good testimony, is it not? It's a lot better than if they know you're a Christian and then you still give in, then it brings less validity to our faith. Oh, he's just like us. Why is he any different? Remember that. I think it's good to be around people who aren't saved if it's so you can show them the glow of Christ. And that's what this, all this in 12 verses. The Lord's house, people being desperate, didn't care, overcoming obstacles. No matter what, they're going to come to the Lord. No matter what life throws at you, you're going to come to the Lord and you're going to give yourself to the Lord no matter what obstacles are thrown at you. Giant crowd. They didn't care. They made a way. They broke in to the Lord's house. How many people break into a church? How many people do stuff like this? I feel like this is one of the one of the most underrated stories, minute, miniature stories in all of scripture. I just think it's beautiful. I mean, I, I keep reading it over and over. Mark 2, 5. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now, uh, one thing to note here is that the, the paralytic also wanted to be there. It's, at least that's what it's led to believe. Because he says their faith. So that includes the friends. So you can pray for your friends all you want. If they don't want to come to the Lord. The Lord's not going to save them just because you because you pray for them. Or you do acts like this for them. They have to want to be. Yeah, they have to want to love the Lord as well. Because it says their faith. But this also shows the power of friends. And we're going to go over a couple of verses and we'll close. Just how important friends are. Paul's letter to the church of Corinth. 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Think about that. Are your friends causing you that aren't that are not saved? They don't love the Lord. Are they cause it? Are they corrupting you? Are they? That's something you really need to ask yourself. Here is the importance, though, of how a good friend can be even closer to you than a brother, a biological brother. Proverbs 18.24, King Solomon's Proverbs. One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. 
there is a friend who sticks closer to Could you say that about the, the buddies that lowered lowered their paralytic friend? So, I mean, think about it. They brought his, there's no telling where they brought his behind from. Okay, it's not like they just threw him in the back of a car and drove him over there. You got to put him on a horse or a camel or a wagon. You got to carry him, however they did it. It's not easy. Probably had to change his, his britches to get him over there. And they brought the material to go to go through Jesus' roof. A pallet. They might have drug him on the pallet over there. So maybe that means that they had an animal. Some type of, uh, you know, bull or donkey. Who knows? But that's a lot of work. But they didn't care because they loved their friend. And that's greater, that's great as a brother, if not greater than a brother, is it not? And I love, I have a biological brother. I love my brother. Me and him are really close. So some of these verses actually get under my skin a little bit, but it's God's word. What can I do? Like Proverbs 17, 17. A friend's love, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a time of adversity. <laughs> I mean, that's definitely not a lie when it comes to me and my brother, but we definitely love each other. But I understand what Solomon is trying to say. And I'm going through the book of Proverbs, so that's why a lot of this is getting quoted for Proverbs. And it's also because it's the book of wisdom, right? Proverbs 22, 24 through 25. Do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. Proverbs 13.20, walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. And of course, the famous Proverbs 27.17, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. So, but you but see, that's, a, that's obviously being applied to a believer because we are iron. That's what makes us, it's the same substance. So Christians need to sharpen themselves on other Christians. So this would be implied with a, a friend who is a Christian sharpening you. So in closing, in closing, be careful who you're friends with. If they're not saved, let them see Christ through you. Don't let them corrupt you. Friends are extremely important and their faith can make God do amazing things. Overcome obstacles, no matter what it takes to get to the Lord's house. And Jesus is God. Have a good day.